0: The Bucs got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits. At the big ball! East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys. Perea lays
1: it up! 1.4! Perea
0: hits it! The pass is caught! Ready for the game winner! Wide left! Bucs win! Spotting for three, the place is gonna erupt.
1: Oh, Deuce Bellow! He's gonna make Sports Center with an incredible again. On they got team. him, if he catches it, it's over, ball game! Touchdown, Jawan Stinson! 25 yards, J.J. German for the win. He got it! J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs! And the sidekick. Shout to my What's your name, man? I told you! It somebody. doesn't matter what your name is! You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. You still have no talent. It's Sandoz in the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network.
2: Sandos in the sidekick. Sandoz out for the time being. Sidekick in. I'm Mike Gallagher. Jay is preparing for ETSU and Citadel. Two o'clock. Saturday, the Bulldogs and the Bucks in Charleston. And while Jay is off doing what he needs to do to prepare for that contest, there's also some travel involved, of course. So we are joined by Kevin Brown, Sports Information Director of ETSU Football. Probably pound for pound, inch for inch, fact for fact, the most knowledgeable person on ETSU football. On the face of this earth, uh, certainly in the Tri-City area, but I don't think it's a stretch to say that the Tri-Cities extends all around the globe when it comes to ETSU football knowledge. And Kevin, firstly, I am just happy to see that you are still here and alive with us today.
0: Kevin's going to have to pick up the base here. There he is, Kevin Brown with Randy Sanders.
3: All right, Jay, we're here with Coach. Coach, your first half assessment.
0: Oh, boy.
2: So that was after the VMI game, and we talked with you on the Monday of the VMI game. I forgot to dump that sound in, but occasionally, being the jack-of-all-trades that you are, you will go down to the sidelines and play sideline reporter for us when Robert Harper or Don Hellman can't make it. And you usually do a great job, and you did there as well. I'm taking it not out of context, but I'm cutting short the good work that you did because you delivered three fantastic questions very succinctly. But goodness, those first five or six seconds—it sounded like you were going to steal a line from Randy Sanders, pass out, and have a coronary.
3: Yeah, Mike, that probably wasn't my finer moment, but I got the job done. And uh, I was down there on the sideline, ready to talk to coach at halftime, and all of a sudden he got a, a jump on it, and I was like, "Oh boy, I got to go after him." And so I had to hustle him down, but I tracked him down, asked him a few questions, and he was able to go in the locker room. But. After that, I had to catch my breath and then have to walk up more steps there in Lexington and catch my breath again.
2: Well, you did get the job done, and well done to you. We've got some sound bites from Randy Sanders last night in the ETSU Coaches Show from Wild Cafe, 6 p.m. every Wednesday. And some important ones, I think, Kevin Brown, as we look at this Citadel game, we'll kind of discuss different talking points throughout these sound bites. Firstly, Coach Sanders
4: talked about the Citadel defense, which has been much maligned this year. see the defense that's uh – very multiple. They, they, as you mentioned, they kind of base out of a 3-4 alignment, but uh, they're moving. They're, they're constantly moving up front. If they would just get lined up and be still, it'd be a whole lot easier. You know, they get lined up in one front and they move to another. Then once the ball's snapped, they're slanting back to something else. You know, they're, they're not as big as some of the teams we have played uh, so far. Not as big as Furman, probably. Not as big as, uh, certainly not as big as Chattanooga. But, they, they're very, very active up front. And, and they got some guys that uh, have played a lot of ball. They're good football players. Secondary, they got some new faces back there. And I, I think there's some things that we can take advantage of in the passing game if we do a good job protecting, and we do a good job route running, and we do a good job throwing it. You've been around this conference for
2: 13 years now. You've been covering football in it for roughly five, and Citadel has always been, it seems like, a, a team that relies a lot on both their offense and their defense working together in order to come up with a very holistic game plan to control the ball and then force you into some mistakes on defense, shut down anything you would do in the run game. It just seems like they're oftentimes able to out-muscle you and outplay you. And there's been a couple of people this week have said, well, sometimes they've just lined up and been flat out better than you have. But this is a very young defense this year. And Coach Sanders talked a little bit there about the youth. They've got some new guys in the secondary. There's going to be some opportunities, but the Bucks still need to execute.
3: Yeah, you're right. I think the one word that comes to mind was Citadel and well rounded team is discipline and that's one thing they're going to be. Uh, you look at their defensive backs with Kafari Buffalo and Aaron Spahn, the third. Those are two veteran guys that have been there. They're experienced. They're going to cause some havoc on the offense, but then up front, a linebacker like Noah Dawkins and then nose-tackled Ken Allen. Those are guys you have to feature on and make sure you know where they're at because they're going to come at you. They're going to try to cause havoc in the backfield towards the quarterback so then when the quarterback does have to go back and pass, those experienced defensive can make a play
2: it's difficult of course always to prepare for the option not something you're going to see every week ETSU has the benefit now at least it seems like a benefit of facing back-to-back option teams coach Sanders has talked about throughout this week that oftentimes ETSU has in not only fall camp but also leading up to these contests a couple of times throughout each week worked on the option and defending it because you know it's coming right and in this case ETSU will maybe be able to fall into a bit of a groove over the next couple of weeks in facing option teams but he does think that ETSU has a few advantages in facing these option attacks.
4: Our scout team has done an excellent job you know we're fortunate to have uh, a couple of athletic guys that can line up back there at quarterback we we've got some backs we got some uh Speed guys, but that that are showing them a pretty good look. But uh, you can't simulate it. It's it's never, it's never gonna be the same. And one thing I, I was talking with Coach Taylor today, you you watch Citadel on tape and they kind of putter along. You know, seven points. Next possession, punt. And they still got seven. Next possession, they still got seven. Then next possession, they make it a field goal and then they punt, and then it's touchdown, 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 touchdown. And if they ever get started, and if they ever get rolling, they become really, really hard to defend.
2: So a couple of things there, not only the fact of ETSU, yes, having a couple of quarterbacks that they can use to simulate some of the option things that Citadel does, but obviously it not uh, being full game speed you would think, and Citadel being so used to running the option, they're going to execute you know, much better uh, than anything that you can just throw in for a week on a scout team. Uh, you heard Coach Sanders talk about Citadel getting into a flow, that of what he just described sounded a lot like last year's game where ETSU was up 17-7, to 7, let's not forget, and then it was one touchdown, two touchdowns, three touchdowns, the last two coming from Raleigh Webb. And from there, ETSU did, yes, yeah, stick in the game, and they had a possession where they were in their own territory and had a run from Joan Stinson that just came up short on a fourth down and, and couldn't keep that drive going to uh, complete what would have been after being ahead, then a comeback, falling behind by 11, getting a touchdown and a two, trailing 28-25. Then it was 31-25, um, and, and, or thirty one twenty three, 23 I believe it was, or was it 31-25. It was 31-25, 31-25. yep. And, and so they on that last drive um, – a couple of very close plays against uh, in those two games that they lost at home, Wofford and and Citadel last year. But uh, a team that when they do start to really roll can be difficult to stop, as Coach Sanders said. And ETSU knows that firsthand.
3: Yeah, if the, they're like a well-oiled machine once they get going and once things are clicking for them and they know where they're going with the football, if they pick up seven, eight yards, that's what they want to do. They want to go. Get a little chunk, pick up big play. Get a little chunk, pick up a big play. And it's make your defense and the defensive guys up front tired, and then all of a sudden they're going to hit you for that long touchdown, whether it's with a big run or drop it back and pass because you're expecting a run. And that's why Coach uh, Sanders talked about it this week. The Bucks, throughout preseason camp and throughout the last couple of weeks, they're practicing for the option teams because – they know this isn't the only team they're going to face this season. Like I said, next week, Wofford, a little bit Furman earlier. So that is a good spot for them to make sure their players know what to do, be expected for it, because you just can't go in this week being like, hey, here's the option, here's what you got to do. They did a good job preparing their guys for this.
2: I've been waiting for the penultimate Randy Sanders quote, the 15, 20, 30 seconds that describes why this team has been as successful as it has this year versus other years, and I think last night I finally found it.
4: Came here straight from the practice field. We're, we're, we're after it. It, it. it rained, and I told them, thank goodness it's raining. You never know what's going to happen. Maybe we'll, we'll get a little bad weather game, and, and, and this practicing in the rain will pay off for us. And uh, So what, now what? Whatever happens, we just got to go play.
2: That to me, and maybe it's not the most you know eloquent, sparkling, we've had some really good ones from Coach Sanders that have talked about developing a program, building a championship program. It's nothing like that, but what he says, we're after it, we're ready to go. Thank goodness it's raining, and you can speak to this, and I'm not asking you to rip anyone, and I'm not saying there's a right or wrong way to do things. In the past, ETSU, when it rained, would come into the Dome and practice in here. Randy Sanders says, we're staying out there, and we're making sure that we're prepared for any scenario that comes up. Thank goodness it's rain. We welcome the adversity, and that's something not a lot of coaches will do. I think the really top-end successful ones do that and buy into that philosophy. And Coach Sanders, with the buy-in that he's gotten from his players, I think those 15 seconds spoke to me in the sense that he really believes that regardless of what is around him, it's just... A microchasm of his entire philosophy. Regardless of what's going on around him, what can you control? Let's learn how to win, not only in the sun, but in the rain. So those, for me, Kevin Brown, were really what this program's all about right now.
3: Yeah, you're right, and he wants his players to be in that element. Two weeks ago, they're getting ready for Chattanooga. It's either Wednesday or Thursday's practice, and it just downpoured on them. Everyone's drenched. It's coming down sideways, and he needs his players to be out there. It toughens them up, but it also gets them ready for, you know, this weekend a hurricane was going through Citadel or Charleston, but it's going to be passed by Saturday. But just say if that storm lagged a little bit, They need to be ready to play in the rain. And like he says, so what, now what? What are you going to do? You're not going to sit there and complain. You're going to get up there. You're going to take the snap. You're going to get ready for your opponent. Opportunity number seven. If you're going to sit there and complain and be like, hey, we need to be inside, well, he's going to put you on the sideline. He's going to put someone else in there that wants to be out there, and that's why we're a a successful team right now.
2: You sound a little hoarse today, Kevin Brown. Your voice. Are right, you getting some of the Jay Sandos? Eating some corn chips without some water, as Randy I, Sanders would say.
3: I think I am. I don't know. I woke <laughs> up this morning. My throat was a little scratchy, coughing a little bit, and, and yeah, just a lot going on right now. You just got to man up and get going.
2: Well, we appreciate you toughing it out with us on Sandos and the Sidekick. Thank you, Kevin Brown. Thanks, guys. Kevin Brown, Sports Information Director, ETSU Football. We will be right back on Sandos and the Sidekick. More of our Thursday episode, episode number. 32, there's been some great number 32s in the history of sports, and hopefully 32 goes down in history as well on Santos and the Sidekick. We're back next in the Buccaneer
4: Sports Network. Congrats, you made it. Through National Ice Cream Day, National Hot Dog Day, and even National Sunglasses Day. You took on the heat, took care of the yard, and even took a vacation. But now it's October, and you finally have a chance to breathe. And with that chance to breathe, also comes a chance for fun when you play new October Instant Games. Pick up one of four new games for a chance to win $1,000 up to a million dollars. Fall into some fun with new October Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly.
2: Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much needed Bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about Wow Rate eChecking accounts at citizensbank24.com. Wow Rate eChecking accounts at citizensbank24.com. Go Bucks. Bank your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC.
3: Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go bucks. Yeah, I've been thinking about getting the band back together,
5: but we need a new name. Ah. How about the Five Seasons? Nah, not raw enough. Chuck and the Prime Ribs? You don't get it, do you? Sorry. I'm a butcher. My bad. How about four New York strips? Now that's music to my ears.
1: At Food City, our butchers are so good at what they do, you'll think they can do anything. Butchers make it better. Only at Food City. Ice T-Bone? The Beefy Boys? The Tenderizers? and city ways.
0: I got 22 excuses, 11 on my offense and 11 on my defense. Our red zone defense is like Oprah, like you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown. We tried to recruit bigger, better players to come play for us, but they went to good schools. Uh, I got
6: a bunch of mama's boys right now, and uh, we just won't buck up and bow our necks, and we gotta get through that. We couldn't do diddly poo offensively.
3: Mike, why are you in such a bad mood? What do you care? You
1: were 2-7, you'd be in a bad mood, too. Hello? You play to
5: win the game. I just hope we can win a game.
4: Well, we didn't block, but we made up for it by not tackling.
6: Ben Wallace and Mo Williams fell down more than a baby learning to walk.
0: It's Thursday, so you know it's another edition of Crazy Coach Thursday. Jay Sandoz and the sidekick Mike Gallagher joined via the telephone by our crazy coach. Crazy, appreciate you taking the time. Where are you at today, man? You just traveling?
1: I'm traveling down the highway, and of course, there's somebody in the left lane. <laughs> <laughs> always, the left goes, lane.
0: always goes back to Angry I mean, Man, doesn't it's it? It's
1: amazing. I make a comment to Angry Man, and now every time I get on the road, there's a truck in the left lane. I don't know how that happens.
2: Crazy Coach, have you ever come across a jar of salsa that has left you frustrated, much like the rant that Crazy or that uh, Angry Man had this week?
1: No, no. I mean, uh, that dude. Seriously, that dude's issues dude has issues. <laughs> I mean, we got to go right back. I mean, he can't. They're not. They are not they not have. They haven't made the bill for him yet. There's nothing
2: out there that's gonna help him. Some of the, I suppose, some of the issues are relatable. Some of them are not, right, Sandoz?
0: No, I. That that's the whole point.
1: Yeah. Is
2: I think something that for
0: everybody. There are times he's gonna say something that it resonates with you, and there's times you're just gonna think he's just angry about nothing, which is probably true.
2: Crazy Coach is more about coaching rather than salsa and I think we see the priorities where they lie with Angry Man versus Crazy Coach. Crazy Coach we've got some sound bites for you this week. I'm going to go with the very first from Pat Shermer from the Giants. You may have heard about the Odell Beckham fiasco that's kind of unfolded over really a last number of years since Odell's been in New York and Coach Shermer seems to have reached his
5: end. to answer
1: all the drama questions right now and I'm going to go back to what I said. Alright I addressed it with Odell. I addressed it with our team. I publicly declared that I didn't agree with his comments. And I asked anybody that was interested, if they wanted clarification, go to Odell because he's a big man. Now, I'm not going to give the public a pound of flesh on this, right? That would make me small, not strong. And these are the kind of things, in my opinion, when you have the locker room that we have that will help galvanize them because the locker room took care of it that's all I'm saying on it. Finito.
2: Done. I almost jumped in over Pat Shermer right before his best part. Finito, done. Crazy coach, have you – in case people haven't heard, I guess, Odell Beckham basically kind of called Eli Manning on the carpet saying, the reason I'm not getting targets, eh, it might be because of Eli. And so there's a supposedly locker room drama there. Now, when Pat Shermer says the locker room took care of it, we definitely need some deciphering here because – You've been in locker rooms, and there was another bite that we heard from the post-game press conference where Pat Shermer did say, look, I've been in locker rooms when he was talking to the media, and he kind of backtracked for a second and said, I'm sure some of you have played sports too. But then he went back to it and said, I've really been in locker rooms. So with the media not, quote, unquote, being in locker rooms, and he having spent much time in that, and you uh, as well, being a head coach for a number of years as you had, locker room taking care of it, what does that mean?
1: That means... Somebody took took him aside, or a couple guys took him aside, and said, dude, it's time to shut up. I had a situation like that night. Hey, coach, we had a situation in the locker room, and it's taken care of, but we just wanted to let you know. He says, but one of our nice chairs is broken. I was like, what? (laughs) Little fight, little chair over the shoulder. One guy came out, couldn't see out of his left eye. The other guy was smiling. We never had a problem the rest of the year. Locker rooms on good teams take care of stuff like that.
0: So is that going down to just leadership? Or let me ask you this. Let me backtrack there. Is a good locker room the locker room itself handling that? or is it a matter of a coach pulling aside who he thinks the team leaders are and saying, hey, I need you to get him in line?
1: If you have to do that as a coach, then you really don't have leaders. Once it gets out to the public like that, that's also probably a sign that your leadership in the locker room has not been very good because if if they would have had a good locker room Four or five, you know how long it's been going on. They wouldn't let it get like this. I'm sure, you know, there. It gets like this. There might be a little brawl in the locker room now and then that nobody knows about. But uh, it's hard to hide that stuff nowadays. Back in the day, there'd be fights in the locker room and between especially in football, with offense and defense. You know, guys get into mix because they got to go against the same guy every day, and it happens. But uh, if, if you have a good locker room, stuff like that doesn't
2: get out. So, Crazy Coach, say that you don't have a good locker room. How much heat should Pat Shermer be feeling right now? Have you ever been in a position where you have had something like this happen and it has been leaked to the public and you're out in front of the media, you know that many people are watching, uh, outlets are covering it, and you start to feel a bit hot under the collar?
1: Well, you do, but then again – uh, those guys up at that level get paid a lot of money to deal with that. I never got paid that kind of money. So, uh, but there are things that happen, that happen every day in practice that do get out in the public, but you got to, you know, you got to address it. I think the what, the funny part is when he says, hey, you guys been in locker rooms. Then he goes, really? No, you haven't. You know, you guys <laughs> really didn't play, you know, like, Third fourth grade CYO hoops doesn't count. <laughs> you know, that's pretty stated to the media. There's not because a lot of. You guys of, really never a locker
2: rooms. Yeah, there's not a lot of locker room drama in third or fourth grade YWCA, YMCA basketball. Uh, speaking of feeling the heat and then ultimately it being too much for him, Oklahoma defensive coordinator Mike Stoops out of a job. And it was something that actually producer Jacob Townsend was with us on Mondays and Fridays and sent us in the sidekick. It was like Saturday right after the game, and he said, "Oh." they got to get rid of him. It seems like a long time coming And You read some of the articles and it seems to be the prevalent thought, the overwhelming opinion for many fans that it had been time for him to go for quite some time. But after giving up 48 points in the red river rivalry loss to Texas and Texas, a team that Jacob Towns and he's got a vested interest in, he said they were going to the college football playoff. They're up to number nine in the country now. So he's proven a profit there. And also with the Mike Stoops firing uh, mid season firings, crazy coach, this leaves a team in Oklahoma, I think, in a position that is very unenviable to have everyone shift their duties around. Have you ever had a situation in which you've had to, uh, I guess, delegate or take on more yourself in this kind of scenario?
1: Yeah, not in that kind of scenario. I've had, uh, you know, where family members get sick and coaches have to step aside like that. But, uh, you know, you've got to shift the responsibilities around. But, you know, look at, look at their staff now. I mean, shifting responsibilities around. I think he has, like, four head coaches <laughs> that have been, you know, out there. So it's easy to put one of them in charge. And, you know, if you're really thinking as a head coach, you look at things and say, okay, what if this guy gets a job? I'm ready to move this guy in. Now, happening during the season uh, is not very enviable. But, you know, also, I mean, if you look at what Stoop said, You know, he came out after the game, too, and said, hey, this is my fault. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to tell everybody that, you know. You can't tell everybody that the guys aren't tackling or, you know, they're messing up assignments. But, you know, it's like the guy at Tampa. Don't give them a chance. Don't give them a chance. You know, you put yourself in that position to say, hey, it's my fault. And the head coach goes, yeah, you're right, goodbye. So never, you know, accept responsibility, but don't put it out in the paper like that.
0: I, I'm kind of curious, uh, you know, in in today's world, right? Especially Division One major college football. If you go look at that, there's like 25 quality control people, right? <laughs> so, so to me, that's an easier feel, right? That's, like, you know, how many coaches are in the NBA, right? I mean, do you, eight, nine, ten, oh, thirty. Yeah.
1: Thirty.
0: So to. No, to so. And I realize it's a defensive coordinator, but my point is that they already had – they've got enough guys to fill a slot. Somebody may uh, un- uh, come up and be the defense coordinator to actually call the defensive plays, maybe set up more of the game plan. But there's enough guys there that I don't think Oklahoma's going to miss a beat.
1: No, because what happens now is when guys get fired, um, you know, the agents are so good they get fired, they're going to get paid. And then all of a sudden they're a volunteer at Oklahoma, you know. So he's still getting – the funny thing is the defensive coordinator could be at Oklahoma and wherever he was before might be paying his salary. I mean, for a year until they they adjust his title and then make him full-time. But, you know, you you hit it. We have all these guys that are quality control offense, quality control defense, quality control in charge of the – managers, quality control in charge of making sure the water gets to the gym on time. I mean staffs are now crazy. I mean back then, I mean, thirty years ago there's an the offensive defensive coordinator, they had two guys to work with. Now I think I think there's like eleven assistants on football, right? Ten assistants or something crazy? Yeah, it's and then a, there's a, another and then there's another twenty seven graduate assistants. I mean it's who have actually, you know, they graduated like 10 years ago, but they're graduate assistants now. <laughs> Guys just trying to get into the business that'll, that'll work basically for free.
2: Good transition by you, crazy coach, talking about people that could be fired, would be fired, have been fired, and having other places pay for them to be on staff somewhere else. Of course at any sign of trouble with Auburn they're immediately calling for Gus Malzahn's head and Auburn did pick up their second loss last week. Dropped 13 spots in the AP Top 25 down to number 21 uh, in that poll and I think that that is cause at least in SEC country certainly around Auburn for panic and some seem to be panicking because many are calling for the head of Gus Malzahn and it seems to be tough timing because in 2017 if Auburn would have fired Melzahn, they would have had to pay him $6.9 million. Instead, they extended him through 2024. Now, if he's fired after December 1st, uh, $32.1 million. $32.1 million. Auburn owes him 75% of the total remaining money on the deal if he's fired without cause. So 32100000 million. I'd say that you could live a pretty – healthy, safe, and satisfying life, uh, much like Crazy Coach generally does. You may have $32 million in the bank right now, Crazy Coach.
1: So if I had $32 million, you wouldn't be talking to me. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would be long, long gone. The funny part is, oh, I feel bad for Coach Scott. He's Lee you know, he's getting fired. Hey, dude, Coach Gus is going to wake up tomorrow morning and look in the bank account, and it's $32 million. So what would say he puts that in the bank. You know, you take the taxes out. He's only got to get, like, $20 million. So he puts that in the bank. Got $20 million, you know, 5%. I mean, I can live off a million dollars a year. Now, Sandoz was struggling because that whole math thing I did <laughs> right there, he really, he's, he's got his calculator out right now trying to see where I got the million. He won't figure it out, but he's got to believe me.
0: Well, I just figured when you mentioned the, the 5% on that, that was going to equal that you're going to get somewhere in the neighborhood of three-quarters of a million a month, right?
1: Yeah. You know, we're going to – hey, put it this way. I got a buddy, got fired, he got a $12 million check the next day, and then he went to work for the Redskins. I'm like, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Go to an NFL team. You know, come on. Hey.
2: <laughs> A sickness, as uh, as you said, uh, Crazy Coach. A sickness this coaching thing is from time to time. But hey, they, I suppose they love uh, love the deal. Now, there is one caveat with uh, Gus Malzahn. If he's fired after 2020, only gets $16 million. I'm sure you're devastated.
1: Dude, I would try to get fired this year then. <laughs> um, give me the 30. Just give go ahead and take the rest of the year. Give uh, me 32. But, I, you know, if, I tell people, coaching – is a sickness. It's a great profession. It's a great profession, but it's like something that gets in your, and you never get cured. You get a, you know, you win it, get fired. There's guys that go to work in high school. I mean, which is unbelievable. They go from NFL, get fired, college job, get fired, and they just got to be around the sport. So, it's you know, it's a great life. And people see the games. They see the, you know, in NFL, they'll see the 15, 16 games. They don't see the 200 hours uh, of preparation time. They go into that every week. And they don't see in college, they don't see the, you know, 200 days you're on the road recruiting away from your family. Um, So when people can get their money, you know, and get paid, God bless them. They should get paid.
0: All right, crazy coach. We gotta let you go, but before we do, uh, obviously in two days, ETSU taking on the Citadel. They'll be in a very familiar spot for you, Charleston, South Carolina. Buck fans going down. Give them two or three spots to eat. Go.
1: Oh, dude, come on! Uh, I mean, now uh, are we talking your kind of money, McDonald's, or are we gonna go
0: good place? <laughs> Mel's money. Yeah, Mel's money. What uh, are we doing?
1: Oh, Oh man, halls. You gotta go to halls. Big time! It's one of the top five steak restaurants in the country. Holes on Upper King. Uh, you got to go to Hank's Seafood, which is right near the market downtown, and then uh, which is great seafood. It's, I mean it's uh, and that's a great value. I mean you can take your family there and you know and not leave without going to a couple of ATMs. And then Pearls on East Bay Street. is my favorite place. Uh, when uh, I gotta pay now, the other two, when somebody else is paying, I'm going there first. So, they're good, great places. Go down there and have
0: fun. All right, Crazy Coach. We'll talk to you next Thursday. That's Crazy Coach Thursday. Uh, when we come back, Four Downs, ever popular Four Downs. Right after this timeout, this is Sandos and Sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network.
1: Nicewanger Children's Hospital is proud to be the only hospital in the region
5: dedicated to serving kids, teens, and their families. With over 20 subspecialists in pediatric medicine, as well as access to the Level 1 Trauma Center at Johnson City Medical Center, we are committed to providing hope and healing to
1: you and your family. To learn more, visit Children's.org. That's Children's.org.
5: 1216 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City.
2: Here's the deal. At Wendy's, every hamburger is made with fresh, never frozen beef. Now here's the big deal. You can get a day's double with a half pound of hot and juicy beef, along with small fries and a drink for just
1: $5 when you download the Wendy's app. And the real deal? That's a whole lot of delicious Wendy's food for just $5. Download the app today. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada participating Wendy's for a limited time.
2: Mullican Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with mullicans pre-finished, sold or engineered, ready to install, selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson's County locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Doormark and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, and Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood
1: flooring, Mulliken Flooring.
2: New coach, new era, new day. Here from ETSU football head man, Randy Sanders, all fall on the ETSU Coaches Show now on Wednesday nights. If you're scared by all the change, don't be. Voice of the Bucks Jay Sandoz still hosts from Wild Wing Cafe, and it's still a 6 o'clock start now every Wednesday throughout the football season. Morristown native and new ETSU football head coach, Randy Sanders, on the ETSU Coaches Show right here on WXSM AM 640, The Extreme Sports Monster. Vandos from the sidekick, I am the sidekick, Mike Gallagher. Crazy coach is in the rearview mirror. Not sure he's going to be receiving any Gus on type buyouts anytime soon. $32 million, heck, I'm not sure that Gus Malzahn is going to be receiving any Gus Malzahn-type buyouts in the near future. Either that is a hefty and steep price tag. Jay Sandoz is in and out the rest of the week as he prepares for his trip to Charleston with the ETSU football team, 90 minutes ahead of kickoff, which is at 2 p.m., a 12.30 pregame show, ETSU football tailgate show. Make sure to join us on WXSM AM 640 the Sports Monster, as well as any other affiliate in your area on the Buccaneer Sports Network. If you're closer to Nashville, Nash Icon is where you would find us, 104.9 FM. But Jay steps away this segment. Joining us after a crazy coach segment is a very sane and successful coach, Brent Thompson. He has spent three years at Citadel. He has had tremendous success, specifically in his first year. Really difficult schedule over the last couple of years. And now after a Wild first portion of 2018 where, of course, there's been one game canceled because of the Hurricane Charleston Southern that game. And they still may play that at the end of the year. Technically rescheduled, though, from what we understand, that game will only be played if there are playoff implications on the line for either team. So you had that semi-bye week, of course, not one I'm sure that Coach Thompson wanted. And now coming off a of bye week, they play ETSU, the actual bye week that was scheduled in their 2018 slate so coach Thompson while looking forward to ETSU he also knows that this will be a challenge facing the Bucks, who are five and one and one of the big surprises in FCS football this year third season for Brent Thompson and Charleston 10 wins in 2016 won their first three games last year before running into a really rough late season schedule which included five ranked teams in their last eight games this year three really tight games one's gone their way Two have not, and then last week against Towson really were in that game most of the day before a quiet fourth quarter left the final 44-27, to the Bulldogs' third loss. They're trying to bounce back this week against ETSU, and Coach Thompson joins us now to talk about that goal. Good afternoon, Coach. Uh, good afternoon. We appreciate you joining us again. Last time we talked with you, you were just about to get your third win of the season last year in three attempts, that coming against ETSU. In what areas did things fall short of your hopes the rest of the year?
6: Well, you know, I, I, we had a pretty good run of it, as you said. We've had quite a few ranked opponents, and even going into this year, we've had quite a few ranked opponents. Uh, so we, we've had a pretty tough go, a pretty tough schedule. Um, I kind of knew where we were at heading into the ETSU game last week. I had my concerns, especially on our offensive side. Uh, we were moving the ball. We were doing a good doing a good job, but there were certain things that I could see coming down the line. Uh, and what ended up getting us at the end of last year is something that we've been focusing on and concentrating on ever since then, and that is um, – Red zone. Uh, we weren't very productive in the red zone. It was our worst red zone year since I had gotten here. Turnovers in the red zone were big for us. We weren't converting enough points. We weren't getting enough field goals out of our field goal kicker going uh, at the end of the year last year. and uh, Really, those things started to add up. I think we played pretty de- decent defense until we hit our last two games, and we played Furman and Clemson. Those were two very good good teams last year. so. Um, this year we focus on a lot of that. Now we're a little, we've got a little bit of younger guys on the defensive side right now, uh, but we're working through some of those things. We're doing a little bit better job of moving the football on offense, scoring some points, so we still have a couple of, uh, couple of areas to improve it on the offensive side. But, uh, you know, I think we're getting better every week. Like you said, we've played some pretty close opponents, some pretty close games. Uh, but all those teams have been very good. I think the FCS total record is right around 15-2 and two for all those FCS opponents. And now you've got an ETSU team that's 5-1, uh, and one, so it doesn't get any easier for us.
2: Yeah, let's talk about early on this year in those tight games. Certainly could have gone either way, edged by a touchdown by Wofford, a team in the season opener It's now tied with James Madison in the national rankings right now. Chattanooga, a team that was ranked earlier this year, go for two in overtime and take the win. You beat Mercer on a kick return in the final minute. Blood pressure not as high last week in a 17-point loss to Towson. What have the early results told you about your team? Certainly you've got three games where a play here and a play there, and we're talking about a whole different season one way or another
6: yeah you know we got over the hump a little bit at mercer and i was hoping that we would propel us through we had kind of hit a little bit of uh uh a downtime when we had the hurricane here and then we get we finally get back going again we get one week to prepare for mercer we get them play a pretty good mercer game and a pretty good mercer team that just come off a pretty good win against sanford um and then uh we head up to towson there's a couple things with towson is first of all very very good football team they beat a good stony brook team last week uh they've got some tremendous athletes on there and uh, i thought we were in the football game uh and as you said we were kind of in it right until the midway through the third quarter and they kind of came away from us a little bit we couldn't hold it close anymore Uh, but very athletic very quick very fast team uh, and certainly not an easy travel trip for us going up nine hours up there
2: some around DTSU's program has credited their winning of close games this year to veteran leadership is there something just generally you believe either makes or breaks a team's ability to win games late
6: well when you look at us in 16 and we had that that uh, really in 15 and 16 we were very senior laden and uh, going into 17 we knew we were going to be young especially on the offensive side and going into uh, 18 we knew we were going to be young on the defensive side so uh, we're hitting that same cycle you know you look at ETSU and I said at my press conference the other day and that is uh, you look at ETSU's roster and they're playing with what they should be playing with guys in the fifth year of the program. They're playing with third, fourth, and fifth year guys, uh, and that makes a that makes a difference. Experience makes a, a whole world of difference. If you can uh, recruit and retain, you'll have a pretty good chance to win a lot of games down the line.
2: I love the term you use, Coach. Hurricane. That's a nice positive spin on something that looked like it could be really damaging to the area in Charleston. And certainly, it appears that things did not go nearly as bad as they could have. How much did having to evacuate for Hurricane Florence and missing that Charleston Southern game affect this season early on for you?
6: Shhh. Well, it's uh, it's something that we've gotten used to. It's, it's our third hurricane that we've had, and that's why we've we've termed it here. We've uh, cut the cut the kids loose here, out of uh, out of classes for about a week. This one was different than the rest. We were able to play the other games, but being that we did have uh, Charleston Southern on the schedule, we certainly couldn't go play uh, 19 miles up the road and uh, and be out of the be out of the storm's way like we did a couple of years uh, in the past. So, uh, yeah, it, it's affected us. It kind of affected just a little bit of our of our rhythm and our flow. Uh, Although we came back in after the Mercer game, excuse me, before the Mercer game and got five really good days of practice in uh, before we had to play Mercer. But it just, uh, it's just, it's a little bit odd for not only your players, but your staff. As you had a couple of days off, you're wandering around. Uh, as I said many times, and that was, I was a man without a team for about seven days uh, during the fall, which was a little bit odd.
2: What steps are you hoping to see your team take both offensively and defensively this week, Coach?
6: Well you know I want to see us bounce back We had uh, the Towson game which was a tough game for us Then we had a a bye week Which we needed the bye week I thought we had some injuries there We needed to keep on improving on defense Which I think we're doing Uh, We're finding out what kind of identity We can be on defense But when you look at this ETSU team um, They played a really good good game last week Against Gardner-Webb They did a great job of being able to run the football Create different services Different formations on offense Find a way to get into some bunch routes Get the ball open uh, get some guys open in the open field and, and convert some big plays uh, defensively it, the biggest thing that stands out to us of course is giving up 77 73 yards a game on the ground Which is very very impressive and it's very that's a little stressful for us on the offensive side being that we uh, are going to be a run oriented team So uh, we're looking for us to be able to you know continue to try to move the football on the ground uh, Even though that they're going to be uh, you know they're going to be very good on the ground game uh, and then continue to stop them and make them into a maybe more of a passing team
2: Having watched ETSU and tape of them under Carl Torbush versus now Randy Sanders the last couple of years when they were kind of building the program to now what is at least for the moment a big payoff for the Bucks what are the differences that you see on tape?
6: Well, you know, the biggest difference that I see, and it could be just the, um, and it's just because I'm an offensive guy probably, I watch the fundamentals of the offense, the offensive line. I think those guys get off the football extremely well. Uh, They move people, they move piles. The run game is so much different than it has been. Uh, I think they've done a great job on the offensive side, especially the offensive line in establishing a run game. And then of course, coach sanders you throw him in there and he was um many years of a coordinator at the uh, fbs level you could see uh that he creates different services he creates different problems for you as a defensive coordinator and uh it's fun to watch unfortunately i I think uh uh, being a defensive guy in the league is going to be very difficult with coach sanders in the league right now Uh, on the defensive side what you see uh, more is just their experience showing through you're playing against the same guy that you played against three years ago when you were here and they're playing really good. They know what they're doing. They're moving quickly. Uh, You watch them get after Gardner Webb pretty good. They, They look fast. They look pretty physical against Gardner Webb. They play with such more confidence than they did the last two years.
2: Last one for you, Coach, and we really do appreciate the time. Keys to victory for your squad Saturday. You know, I think I said it before is, you know we've got to continue to do
6: worry about what we can worry about, continue to try to run the football as we've as we've had in the past, uh, and then on defensive side is to try to get some three outs try to make them punt the football, uh, get the ball back in the offensive position, be a ball control team, uh, stop the run on defense and you know try to force them in the third and longs.
2: We look forward to a competitive game Saturday coach and senior. Thanks again. Thank you, sir. You have to appreciate a man that finds some humor in a natural disaster, don't you, Coach Thompson, with hurricane And some around Johnson City and maybe other regions of the country will say, well, I'm not sure that Coach was taking the hurricane very seriously. But I think it's to the point with what Charleston has had to deal with and that program itself where you almost have to be able to chuckle at what goes on with the hurricanes and the storms, and not so much the effects of them, right? There were a number of lives lost in the Carolinas with hurricane and what ended up being Tropical Storm Florence when it moved in. That's not, I think, the humor coach is finding it. The humor just being, well, this is going to happen rather than sulk and get down about the effects of it for our program. We have to find a way to make this a plus for us. It's a hurricane. Get away. Go off and forget about football maybe for a couple of days. Enjoy your time. When you come back, though, we need good practice. We need to be at our best. And what Coach Thompson said was when they did come back from the hurricane, as he termed it, five days of good practice, went into the Mercer game, pulled that out late. Now we get to see what a bye week does for Citadel, a true bye week rather than the makeshift one that they got because of the hurricane. They played that Towson game on September 29th, so two weeks to prepare for ETSU, does that give them an upper hand come 2 o'clock Saturday? That we will have to wait and see. Jay Sandoz back with us on the other side of this break. It is four downs on Sandos and the Sidekick on the Buccaneer Sports Network.
5: Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets, high-performance gas ranges, or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever.
0: Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson.
5: Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank & Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC.
2: This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather
1: drank. When I was your age, we were... This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes.
5: Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or
2: courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway... He scores! This
4: is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation.
2: all your printing needs
6: 1 now 3 4 4 4
2: down 4 4 down 4 now 4 now 4 4 4 4 down you know what we need is more music questions on the show. Your favorite pop artist of the last twenty years, Jay Sandoz. Can you even
0: name one? Uh, Prince. Pr uh, see pop? Yeah, did he make I music like after nineteen ninety eight? Yeah, of course he did.
2: Minnesota guy. I love that take. I'm just curious about if he I suppose yeah, I should Prince, probably know that.
0: Prince is fine. Uh, you know, um uh you know, Michael Jackson's in there, clearly. Yeah, Did he make music? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You're, you're living in
2: the late 80s to early 90s.
5: I think we did music uh, the first week, yes, and Jason, it was ugly. he had no idea about yeah. music. Like, it favorite music genre, and he had yeah. nothing. Um,
2: what did you pick again? I can't quite remember. Did you even pick one? I don't he even kind even of tiptoed it, yeah. around the subject, danced around it for a while, and then just moved on. Can I go down. Italian opera? Well, yeah, I mean, it's a, that's a genre. That's, fair. Okay. that's yeah. fair. Is there opera in Johnson City that you could go indulge in your opera uh,
0: fan at? Fanaticism, no. Fanaticism? no, I don't think. Uh, now, occasionally they've had, like, something come in that was an opera to either the bar or the theater or something like that, but no.
2: I heard the National Storytelling
0: Convention was yes, last was weekend. Yes. Now,
2: this is apparently a huge thing.
0: Oh, it's unbelievable. Have you been? Uh, I have not, but uh, we we have had at tissue Storytellers come in. There's actually uh folks that can get a degree in storytelling here at ETSU That is what so I I've heard. Had, uh we've had the, uh some of those students come in tell the types of stories and it is a little bit of a of an art form uh to, to get up there and tell and convey cuz I mean it's one of those things where you're you're not doing voices or anything you're literally speaking for everybody with with uh a narrator's voice for lack of a better uh term terminology but uh, it brings in thousands of people, and the bad thing is, this is how I know it's a big deal because there were plenty of people coming in for homecoming that had to get rooms way outside the wow. area. Wow, interesting. So uh, room, and they jack up the room price just like they do for Bristol races, just like the that is crazy for that. So it is, it is a huge deal. That's actually how ETSU got the NBA exhibition game here. George Shen, who was the owner of the uh, at the time the old Charlotte Hornets, New Orleans Hornets, uh, his wife is huge into storytelling, and they have a farm out in Jonesboro. And he met Dave Mullins, who's the athletic director. They had a long chat. Next thing you know, that led to NBA preseason game, Hawks and Hornets inside the dump. So this is as big as a 100,000-person race in its own way. It, yes. Wow. And it scaled, scaled differently. I need to go to but one But downtown Jonesboro is completely jammed. It's a whole-week festival. The national story... Telling like museum is open all the time about okay, so yep. you, you could sure. check that out and get some more info i just want to see how they do it because i
2: i sitting here i think you and me could be pretty good storytellers you know we kind of do oh, that we? for a living in a little bit of a sense but I, I want to see how their art form differs from our art form because because i am very into what we do and i i am very
0: arrogant in it i think that we are the, the difference is they are historically and everything correct or something some aren't <laughs> Some are just stored, They have right? to have their facts right, or we just got to kind of throw yeah, out well, right. I mean, one. You know, I have a good buddy who tells me I'm an 85%er. 85 or 85 percent of what I tell you is truth, but then I have the freedom of a little bit of embellishment on most of my stories, which I disagree uh, with. I think they're exactly how I remember it. Interesting. But, uh, he they're gives me the 85%.
2: The I think I probably agree with him more than I agree with you. But anyway, no, uh, it is four downs, I suppose. What we're doing?
5: First down, uh, who who can tell a story better, Jay or Mike? <laughs> oh, boy. It might come to blows here. I'm not sure. You know, First uh, down.
2: I'm, okay. okay. All right, there we All go. Right. I think so. All, All
5: right, get
0: right. segment going.
5: There we go. First down. First down First down. issue football halfway through the season. Guys, give me your favorite moment from the year so far.
0: All oh, right, that's a great question. Can it be Randy Sanders quotes? Because <laughs> I didn't see that. as much as I didn't see five and one, although we hoped for five and one. Sure. I saw four and two. I was realistically. On record saying I thought 4-2 and two was doable, 5-1. But Randy Sanders' quotes would be there. I think the running game has been the most – that's got me uh, a little giddy. i got to be honest. I'm, I'm excited. I I've grew up with running the football. That was a big deal. That's that's what I like to watch. When I watch football, I'm not a big – I know throw it around and score a thousand points and what a lot of people like. But I, I like running the football and good defense, and that's what the Bucks have been playing
2: well that's not necessarily a moment i guess but i suppose it's an aspect of the game i'll go with a moment um and it had to be Fine. the safety etsu beat chattanooga boom go <laughs> it had to be the safety uh dylan weigel going in and and tackling i can't remember what Furman running back was but going up 29 27 just that 20 minute span because we're trying to keep it to moments i'll say the safety <laughs> but that 20 minute span um austin herrick comes out that was a That was a wild moment. You know, I I wish the stadium would have been full still, but the lightning delay kind of chasing people away and about half full. But still, just the electricity could be felt around the stadium and even down in our studio. And um, those 20 minutes to me were ones that I don't think I'll ever forget. And keep in mind, I'm, you know, 16 months in the area. You've been here about 16 years. I don't think you'll ever forget them either.
0: What what about the moment where uh, Dakota – Took the, the hug. One. Hamilton took a picture of the hug Hunter where, Parker and where, where Austin, uh, Austin's just shedding a tear uh, and the emotion. I mean, if you're looking at a, a still frame moment, I would yes. say that that would be it. That and and the relationship well. with the fans. Uh, it's just hard for me ever not to pick Chattanooga, so I'm still going to go Chattanooga. Fair enough. Second
5: down. And speaking of the running game, this Saturday, who's going to score the first rushing touchdown? Quay Holmes, Jacob Saylors.
0: <laughs> you know where I'm going to go. Hill. Wow. No, I'm just kidding. Matt Thompson? No, no. No, I thought about that too. No, I will. I'm. uh. I know where you're going, so I will go <laughs> the opposite, just, just to be different. I will go Holmes because I know you're going to I can't not pick Sailors
2: now. For every single thing we do where it's what, a running game. What if I'm or... Austin
0: Herrick? Huh? What, what if, oh, if the big fella pulls the ball down? I'm not. I'm going to go Holmes. So Austin Herrick has play. been
2: known to run the ball. I don't think he's necessarily known for running the ball, but he will tuck it down when he feels it's necessary. I, that's a sneaky good pick, and I because I like to be a little bit of the contrarian, I almost want to go with Austin Herrick, but I am obligated at this point to say Jacob Sailors.
5: Third down. All right, we stay in college football. Alabama quarterback, Tua Viola still has not played an entire game yet. Will he play an entire game this year at all? No.
0: I don't think so either.
2: They're they're just too dominant. Uh, And plus the fact that –
0: Well, but I think they have certain packages in, so even if it's a nip and tuck game, they they have game planned a certain way for each game, and I refuse to believe that they didn't work in something for Hurts to – to come in and run. So that's the reason why. Not even – even if they're behind or – I just think they – it's a different – it's something else the team has to prepare for. It's something else that they've game planned for. I can't imagine Nick Saban spending time uh, of practice working on a set of plays that he's just going to throw away because a game – yeah, I think it's absolutely – as long as they're healthy – I guess you need to put that caveat on it, but as long as they're healthy – both are, then I would say, yes, you would see both quarterbacks. Yeah, and
2: that's what I was going to add to to my point was imagine what Nick Saban thinks of Jalen Hurts to keep Tua Tagovailoa off the field at all before that national championship game where he kind of exploded onto the scene and clearly hasn't looked back since – Leading Alabama to that national championship, but Jalen Hurts was the one. Despite what people say about the stats and everything, I mean, he won a lot of games. He got him in the national championship game. Nick Saban clearly trusts him, thinks he's a very talented player.
0: Why keep a talented player well, off the field? And well, Trey, could you say that again for me? The the name I just like your trace Oh, uh, to attack of Viola. All right. Do you like that name better? I'm gonna throw a question back to Trey. Yes. Do you like the quarterback? Uh, God, these two school up in Michigan, whose name is still Fortress.
2: Still Fortress? Yes. Oh, that's a
5: beautiful name. How about wow. Tukey Toussaint, Atlanta Braves pitcher? That's Tukey Toussaint. Yeah, but he's one. not a quarterback. Yeah, We're that's Trey,
0: Trey, Trey. I know it's your segment, but I'm throwing it back at you. What would you go with? Still Fortress or Tua?
5: Still Fortress just sounds mean. I love it.
0: Have, have either missed of, his of you – calling, though, right? Have either of you – yeah, definitely. Easton Stick, Master. right? Easton Stick, that's another good one. Although ha- it's not
2: a good quarterback. Have I've you got. ever participated in the name of the year bracket? Have you ever heard of the name no, of the No, but bracket? I need to be in on that. Name that of the year fun. bracket is brilliant. It's 64 names from either news, sports. At some point, this person would have been in the headlines and caught someone's eye. It's literally, I think, nameoftheyear.com, and they have had some unbelievable ones, ones that put Still Fortress and Tua Viola to shame. So check it out if you haven't, because it's incredible.
5: Fourth down. All right. What is your all's favorite sports movie
2: of all time? Uh we had this conversation in the office last March, I think it was. Right when basketball was winding down, we were starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel in terms of not having as much to do work wise. Like obviously we want ETSU football, basketball, all the teams to succeed as much as they can, and we would have loved to have had ETSU back in the tournament last year, but uh when the season ended I we had a little bit more time on our hands, right? And so we could have these kind of discussions. For me, and this is something I've always said, and I don't think I'll ever back off of. I'm a huge Denzel guy, and so I love Remember the Titans. If it was anyone else in his role, I'm not sure it would be as good as it is, at least in my mind. Uh, but Remember the Titans, um, oh, it just has everything. It, it leads you on a journey, man. And I still to this day, uh, I was at a bachelor party you know, two years ago or something like that, and we watched that movie at like 2 in the morning, and we were cheering, standing up, ovations. Like, and you know, you can kind of question – what I else went into that, but uh, it was incredible that <laughs> moment.
0: Do you, do <laughs> good culture. Do you have a comedy favorite comedy? One? Yeah, like sports comedy one. Oh, good question. You, you, know, you know, because you wouldn't remember the time. See, I, I was, I, I'm thinking of ones like for "Field of Dreams" would be my like series. Good one. one. You know, just just you know, he plays catch with his dad at the end. I was a little kid. I remember crying. So "Field of Dreams," uh, I, I think, is that. Uh, I but but I'm such a big sports kind of comedy guy. So like Major Leagues in there, Caddyshacks in there, Necessary Roughness, which nobody's seen apparently, but me is yeah. is in there for football. It's just kind of a does old school count as a sports comedy? No, movie. <laughs> they no do it does. But but when end. um um oh, when you play Jackie Moon, right in the <laughs> NBA, <right, laughs> oh, semi pro, yeah, semi pro would probably be mine. Yeah, see what I'm saying? I love Slapstick. Aren't, uh I mean there's a lot of like comedy ones that I I enjoy the comedy the sports. Side because, of yes, sports. because a lot of the like unless it's a true story, a lot of the serious sports ones just aren't, good,
6: aren't good or believable to me.
0: You know mm, what I'm okay. saying? Just not just not good or believable. If they're true stories then yeah, I'm a little more likely like remember Titans was a true story, I'm sure they took some embellishment here and there, yeah, but, yeah. but the gist of the story is yeah. exactly what it is. So uh, a big fan of that. I'm a huge, uh, and, you know, Rocky. I own all the Rockies. I'm a huge Rocky guy. Sure. So um, if you had to, if you asked my wife, I guarantee you she would tell everybody that it's probably Rocky and then Field of Dreams, and that's probably fair. Um, I still think if it came down to it, and I only had one DVD in there, I'd, I'd probably go Field of Dreams. But there's something about Rocky 2 and 4. Nobody likes 2 but me, but – Rocky 2 and 4 is uh, right throw, there for
2: throw me. Throw in a, since you brought up boxing, throw in one that's a close second to remember the Titans for me, Cinderella Man. Uh, true story, Great Depression era. And speaking of, just giving you the ups and downs, I mean, I was all over the place. I, I may have shut it here. I won't lie to you. I've watched it like 30 times. I'll watch it 30 more, maybe 40 more, 50 more. I try to watch it once a month. I'll just say that.
0: There you go. There it is. There's <laughs> <a> four downs. <laughs> there you go. Tray. Good rap, Jay. Good yeah. rap. There we there go. You Good go. talk. Good bucks. All right. Friday. What do we got Friday?
2: Route
1: tree. Route tree. I tried right.
0: Austin Heron. Plus bold, very bad, bold very, very, very bad. Prediction. Bold predictions in which We're Mike has a slim league We're so going to find out what I get right, what Mike will clearly get wrong, and we'll have to listen to Jacob both tell us how terrible we are. We may tell him just not talk during the segment. Can I do that? That'd be nice. You're okay. All right, that'll do it for Thursday's episode. Sanders sidekick. We'll see you tomorrow. This is the Buccaneers Sports Network.